is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, Dynasty quarterbacks, Dynasty tight ends, it's kind of easy. You know, it's a piece of cake. Dynasty running backs, very, very difficult. Do you take a 26-year-old Le'Veon Bell who's going into his sixth season or a 22-year-old Joe Mixon who's going into his second season? That might be kind of easy, but uh, they get challenging. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today on Monday, May 21st. How are Dave, Jamie, and Heath doing? Good. Wonderful. Yeah. I answered for the group. We're good. <laughs> I am Adam Azer. I am also doing very well. And we are going to start the show with three rounds of uh, a four-person round. So 12 picks of Dynasty running backs, and we'll get into it a little bit deeper later on in the show. We also have your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and your voicemails at 954-689-3199. All right, who wants the first pick? Rock, paper, scissors, work. Let's go. Me. I, Heath wins. Okay. Heath first, Dave second, Jamie third. I'll take the fourth pick. And uh, this is just just running backs in a dynasty startup league. So not rookie running backs, dynasty startup. Heath, you are on the clock. I, with the first pick in the 2018 rookie, not rookie, Todd Gurley. <laughs> Todd that wasn't Gurley very won. professional sounding Commissioner Cummings. Dave? Uh, I'm next up. I will take Saquon Barkley. Jamie? David Johnson. David Johnson, 26 years old. All right. So David Johnson, three. That gives me uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, four. Do I, are we snake drafting it? No. Heath, no. you're up. No, this is a, a dynasty draft. Yeah. There's yeah. no snake draft nor dynasty draft. Okay. So Le'Veon's still there? Yeah. yeah. I'll take him. That'll leave me with Kareem Hunt. Jamie? Alvin Kamara. Oh, good. Now I'm taking the guy I really wanted four picks ago. Dalvin Cook, who's going to be ready to be a limited participant at OTAs. All right, let's recap the first eight picks of our running back draft. Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara. Oh, we should specify we're doing PPR, right? Yes. Alvin Kamara and then Dalvin Cook. All right, nine, Heath. Well, this was not at all in the order of my dynasty rankings, so that part of the show should be fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they're all in my top nine. There's one of my top eight that hasn't been picked yet, and I'll go with Christian McCaffrey. Okay. I'll go Melvin Gordon. Leonard Fournette. All right, last pick. Mm. All right, so There's only one running back in my top 12 left, Adam. There's only one right pick. Is it Joe Mixon? Is that who you're picking? Is it Darius Geis? No, I think I'm... I don't know. Oh, it, it should be I feel like I'm missing a very obvious. Yeah, I feel like I don't I'm know missing about so obvious, obvious here. But I believe he's also a member of Jamie Eisenberg's Dirty Dozen. And I don't mean his kids with their diapers. I mean the 12 running backs that he thinks are head and shoulders above the rest. Is it Devontae Freeman? Is that your pick? <laughs> I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is number 12. Alright, I win. Ooh. Isn't it funny that like Devontae Freeman doesn't crack this list? Is he even top 15? If we did another round, would Devontae Freeman be picked? He's my number 13, so oh. I would take him next. Okay, okay, good to know. What about Jarek McKinnon? I have him 16. Okay. Because in a PPR, I think people, I don't think people realize his age, but they certainly realize his talent. Well, I think, like, McKinnon is one of the guys that could move up quite a bit early in this season. Mm -hmm. People are going to have to see him get 15 plus touches for a few games in a row and be able to handle that workload. All right. And he's 26. He'll be 26 when the season starts and ends. Recapping our 12, Gurley, Barkley, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. <clears throat> I think it was Christian McCaffrey, Heath, you took? Correct. Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon. 
like Fournette being 11th going into his second year. I know it's it's PPR. That's probably why. But that's kind of wild too. Eh? And he looks like an old man. <laughs> he may have the body of an old man. By the yeah, in a few years he, he could wear down. He's only 23 though. Yeah. I, I I think he falls in PPR leagues because people don't see him as one of these dynamic. I don't think they see him as a a, a good enough pass catcher to get 50 receptions. In well, he's no TJ Yeldon. He can do it. It's just a matter of whether or not he can well, I mean, get he, the opportunity. He did it. it to the same level of Elliott last year, if you just want a comparison. I believe it was in his uh, three catches in six of his final eight games, including the playoffs. Yeah. Zeke missed six games, though. And he's actually older than Elliott, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I think he's, I think he's yeah, six, Zeke, six Zeke months older. Yeah, so I don't know. Do you, when you do a, a dynasty draft, right? Sure, you're thinking about, oh, how many passes is this guy going to catch? But you're also thinking about, well, can I get three to five good years? Or am I worried about that? Right? I mean, longevity is probably more important than how many, how many catches is this guy going to have? Well, longevity at an elite level is what yeah. yeah. Right. Obviously. Yeah, I would say number one for me is next year. Number two would be longevity. Okay. All right, we'll come back to those dynasty running back rankings. It's a pretty fun list. Where was uh, where was Ezekiel Elliott for you, Heath? I've actually got him number two. Even in PPR? Even in PPR. Mm. Well, then I got to steal the draft at four, didn't I? How about that? Yep. You winning. won it. Just, just winning. News and notes. Julio Jones, Tom Brady, not there, not present for the start of OTAs. Does this matter, guys? No. So there, there's some thought that this does matter for Tom Brady since he is taking this to a level that we haven't seen before from him. That people thought, oh, he'll be back for OTAs, and he's not. He's he might be angry, you know. Might be some friction friction there for the Patriots. Not so what? So what's going to happen? Oh, they you're are, unhappy with the Patriots. We're going to bench you. They might lose by two scores in the Super Bowl this year. Right. Okay, fine. No, they're not going to bench him, but all right. Okay, okay, fine. Aaron Donald what, was not at the, the start of OTAs. Yeah, there's, I guess not. Odell Beckham is at OTAs. Uh, we have a report from the Akron Beacon Journal from Nate Ulrich. Or Ulrich. Sorry, Nate. Uh, Cleveland plans to use David Njoku as a full-time starter, so you, sh- you should see a higher snap count from Njoku. And Antonio Callaway it's going to challenge Corey Coleman to be the number three wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Does that matter? That would be good if it's true for Njoku because he did split quite a bit of time with Seth DeValve and split too many targets. So if he gets 75% of those instead of 50% of those, yeah, that would matter. If they drafted him in the first round last year and didn't expect to use him more this year, then that was just dumb. Yeah, they'll use him more. And Dalvin Cook expected to participate in OTAs. That's a nice sign. Like he's not going to be a full participant, but looks like things are trending in the right direction for Cook, right? Yes. Yeah. The injury happened early last year, so you have to be optimistic about it. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm going to play a quick game called What Are the Odds? What are the odds? Do you need me to explain it to you? Yes. Okay. I, I give you a scenario. You tell me what the odds are of it happening. Here we go. What are the odds Marquise Goodwin is better than Pierre Garçon in PPR? How do you want us to express these odds? You could say pretty good, very small. Oh, I thought you wanted like that seems like a number, like we were bookmakers. You know, that gets confusing. You can try it if you want. Five to two. (laughs) Yeah, see, it's confusing. (laughs) Nine to five. Uh, I would be shocked. You I don't would. know if that means an odds one. They went back to back in the PPR it's, draft that we did, Garcon and Goodwin. Yeah. I'll I'll put it at four to one odds in the Dave Richard Casino and Pi Factor. So just to make it easier, mine was actually two and a half to one to compare to Dave's. Yeah, my odds are better. I want I'm gonna get no, you think odds worse. See no. see how confusing better for this the is? better. See, for that's the why end. we're not doing it like that. Um Jamie, how surprised would you be if Marquise Goodwin is better than Pierre Garcon in PPR? Pretty surprised. I mean, if Garcon's able to stay healthy, he should lead them in targets, receptions, uh, maybe everything except receiving touchdowns because he doesn't typically do that. But, I mean, I think he's a 85-catch guy with 1,100-yard potential and five touchdowns. Uh, who uh, Who is going to lead the 49ers in receiving touchdowns? Because Garcon's never had more than six, 
But Goodwin's never had more than three. George Kittle. George Kittle. I had a feeling you guys were going to say that. I'll say Goodwin. What are the odds that Jared Goff joins the elite quarterbacks this year? Meaning what exactly? Like, aren't you already an elite quarterback if you're starting the NFL? I'm gonna, pu- I'm gonna, I'm gonna Skype punch you for that. Come, come get it. First <laughs> you make fun of my odds making. You, you might have muttered something when I mentioned my casino slash pie factory. I don't think I did. Sports book maker. I don't think I did. So top six in fantasy? Yeah. Yeah. But does that mean elite like he's there for good or just he's got there this season and he's established himself as better than where he was? Right. Is he Alex Smith? No. Um, I think that he, Becomes a truly elite fantasy quarterback and is drafted as such going forward. Jared Five to one. Goff. Slim to none. Dave, say something that rhymes. Something that rhymes? Well, he said five to one. Jamie said slim to none. It was oh, perfect. The segment's crazy. I'm done. <laughs> uh, alright, well, I think a lot of people think that Goff has a, has a good chance to be that kind of quarterback. I think it could be Matthew Stafford. Okay. But Matthew Stafford is already Matthew Stafford. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> I, I just think he could be a very good fantasy quarterback for the rest of his career. I don't know if he's going to be elite year in, year out, but he's, uh, he's, he's definitely trending in the right direction. He's somebody you can feel comfortable as a starter. It's just a matter of how long he and Gurley are paired together and can, you know, he mm-hmm. start to overtake what Gurley kind of steals from him. Right. All right. What are the odds Ty Montgomery leads the Packers in carries? 25 to 1. Oh, no, no, no. It can't be that big. I will, I will put money on that. I will go to the Heath Cummings Casino and Beardatorium <laughs> and plunk down at least five bucks on that. Um, I'll say five to 1. Slim to none. <sighs> okay. Who is going to lead the Packers and carries? I'm going to go with Jamal Williams. That'd be my guess. Yes. Who has the second best chance? How would you rank the three Packers running backs right now? Williams, Jones, Montgomery. Agreed. Um, yeah, Flavin. Uh, I'll, I'll say Williams, Montgomery, Jones. There's a lot of people that want to just wait and wait and wait for Aaron Jones because they think he's going to be the best, and I would not be surprised if that's the case. So what about Montgomery, though, in his role in the offense? I, I feel like they they could use him, they should use him, and he's one of their better playmakers. I think they're scared that if they give him too much work, he'll break again like he did last year. And I, I almost feel like they could figure the same thing for Aaron Jones, that they've got two guys who are good and talented, but they might not have the bodies for it, whereas Williams does, which is why I think he's easily the the one that they'll lean on the most. He's yeah. my favorite, but I, I just wonder what it's all going to look like when everybody's healthy because we didn't really get a chance to see that last year. I was terrified when Mike McCoy said earlier, that they would like, or Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Mike McCoy didn't have any. Comment. No one cares what Mike McCoy has to say. Uh, that he was going to be more of a hybrid player again, because that's the, like, give me the list of hybrid players that have had big fantasy seasons. It's short. For Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was scared when he told me Montgomery's still part of the offense, but he said it to me in donors meeting. Like, s- starter. Type right. Off, I know that. Off. That's why I'm so, so, Curious as to why he's the lowest in the rankings because they, they he was the starter at the beginning beginning of the season, um, and Mike McCarthy, Mike McCoy, Mike McClure. If you listen to the Sportsline DFS podcast, they all may have said something about Tom Montgomery, but Mike McCarthy said he's going to be a running back, right, and that he's going to be a part of the offense. He said he's going to be a hybrid player. No, he said to me at owners' meetings he could be the starter. Okay. Still view so he's, he's said multiple player. things this offseason then. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just one of those things where he's going to get his touches. He's going to be part of the offense. I mean, he could impact Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. He could impact Randall Cobb as a slot guy, you know, depending on where he lines up. There's just a number of ways that they can use him, which is a smart thing to do. You know, if you're the Packers, use your weapons as best you can. So, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of what type of format you're talking about for Montgomery. Um, I, I think that when you're just looking at this backfield as a whole, if everybody stays healthy, they're going to cannibalize each other. Cannibalize each other. That's uh, that's disgusting. And finally, what are the odds Marlon Mack gets 220 carries? Hmm. I don't think the odds are that slim at all. 
I'll say three to two. That's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, great mind, single leg. I would like that bet a lot better if it were 220 touches. I'll tell you what. I don't think anybody in Indianapolis is getting 220 carries, Adam. Yeah, that would have been something like 14th or so at the position last year, 220. I think Mark Ingram had like 230. Yeah, no one's getting there in Indy. Frank Reich wants to use all of his running backs until one becomes a stud. If he's got one, I don't think there's one on the roster. Okay. Sorry, in terms of like size, the best bet is Jordan Wilkins, just based on his physicality. Yes. All right, let me uh, let me promo a couple things real quick, and then we'll read some emails. This is a mailbag and a voice bag show. Uh, we'll read your emails and listen to your questions. We've got some good voicemails, 954-689-3199. First of all, CBS Sports HQ, very fun and uh, very informative. It's great stuff. It's, it's news, it's scores, it's highlights, it's smart analysis, and it's always on, and it's totally free. 24-7 streaming sports channel. Download the CBS Sports app on your Amazon Fire, on your Roku, on Apple TV. Um, I actually now I have I have a TV in my kitchen now, which is great. So now I cook and I can put on CBS Sports HQ on the CBS Sports app and uh, on my Roku, and that's how you should be watching it as well. You know, similar circumstances, but it's totally free. You don't have to sign up or anything. HQ is great. Sportsline, we can get you uh, a free or not a free a month of Sportsline for one dollar, practically free, and it's only nine ninety nine after that. Sportsline, if you want to play some wagers, we got great uh, horse racing advice, for example, or NBA playoffs, whatever. We got you know computer simulations. We got experts making picks. Sportsline.com. Go check it out and use the promo code Huddle. Uh, our listeners, my listeners on this podcast, can use the code Huddle for one dollar for your first month. Again, that promo code is Huddle. All right, let's read some emails. Fantasy baseball, football. Oops, fantasy football at CBS. Did you like the way he corrected himself? He said, our listeners, my listeners. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, Gandalf in the Netherlands. Are Jared McKinnon and Jordan Howard in the same tier of running backs? Yes, Cohen will take work from Howard, but that happened last season. He still did great. And won't Breida take work from McKinnon? Are they the same player stat-wise? So are Jared McKinnon and Jordan Howard in the same tier of running backs? I'd put them in the same tier in PPR because I think McKinnon will make a much greater impact catching passes to make up for any any uh, deficit he's got in yardage and touchdowns from Howard. I think the concern you've got to have with Howard is that he he keeps getting the work that he's had the past couple of seasons and that he keeps plunging for touchdowns. Because if either of those two things stop, he's going to be a big bust. I think they're in the same tier, but I'm very optimistic about McKinnon given Kyle Shanahan's track record and what the offense should look like in San Francisco. So I like Jordan Howard, but I, I think there's a higher ceiling for McKinnon because of what they've said, his involvement in the passing game. I think that you're going to see Terry Cohen on the field a little bit more than probably what we're expecting, especially if you're a Jordan Howard guy. So I, I think this is going to be a big, big season for McKinnon, and uh, I like him better now. Raise your hand if you're excited to draft Jordan Howard. I, At his value, I am. Yeah, I am. Like I got, round three? I got him in the third round after taking a receiver and a tight end in our magazine draft. Yeah, I got him in the fourth round of our last PPR draft, so. Yeah. I, I still think he's, you know, the, the type of guy you would have to qualify as a workhorse, but, um, the way that this offense could be trending, it may take him off the field a little bit more, but I still think he's 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns, which is hard to overlook. Mm-hmm. Howard I think was, McKinnon could be a little better than that. Howard was 10th in stand, in non-PPR and 14th in PPR last year. He had 18 or more carries in six of his first eight games, and then only twice more in his last eight games. That's a lot of carries, 18 or more. But, yeah, as Dave said, he's been a workhorse. 276 carries last year and 252 as a rookie. Um, so, all right, that's Jordan That's Jordan Howard versus Jerry McKinnon. Quit, so I know you're taking, Jamie, you're taking McKinnon over Howard in PPR, but in non-PPR you're also taking McKinnon over Howard? Yeah, I am. I, I just, I'm, I'm bullish on what McKinnon's outlook could be. And, uh, like I said, I, I think they're both offenses should be fun, but, um, you know, the, the dual threat that McKinnon offers, I think he's, I think their touches are actually going to be somewhat similar. All right. This is Joe from a Canadian city just south of Detroit. Windsor. Born and raised in South Detroit. Do you know that, that lyric? What that's yes. yes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for not singing it. Uh, you know, it's just it's just too hard. It's too high, I think, or I would have. Uh, dear Willis, Bedelia, Sadler, and Bedelia. Amos. Bedelia. Who the hell are these people? I don't know. You don't know? No. Heath knows, right? Yes. Well, obviously. And Jamie knows, too. 
These oh. are clearly the actors oh. from Die Hard 2. The worst Die, Die Hard other than Die Hard 6. It's Die Hard 2, bucko. William Sadler and John Amos. Who's Bedelia? Excuse me? Bonnie Bedelia? World famous actress? <laughs> Known for her role as Mrs. John McClane. Same actress you, you as... You disappoint me. Same Adam. actress as the first one? Yes. Really? She's Wait, you think John McClane got divorced? He saved people from Nakatomi? Well, he, he, he actually did get divorced. He is Bruce divorced. Willis. But no, John McClane John McClane did. did too. Remember, she's Holly Gennaro. Oh, but that, oh, I, don't think, right. I don't think they're divorced. I think they're separated. This well, is, no, by, by the time... Now they, I'm sad. By the time they got to the third one, they were divorced. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's the question from Joe. Uh, my league has a college player aspect to it. I picked Royce Freeman and Michael Gallup before last season began. I can keep one for free this year in a PPR league. Who should I keep, Royce Freeman or Michael Gallup? Freeman. Yes. Okay, Freeman it is. That's a fun rule, having a college aspect. John. They do that. What's that? There are a lot of dynasty leagues that do that. Oh, mine doesn't. Yours is not fun. <laughs> Correct. I hate it, John. <laughs> well, the one we share is a lot of fun. Does that have college players? No. Draft oh. doesn't slow on ass drafters. You know what? You know what? Uh, how uh, Heath's head would explode if we had to draft college players. <laughs> uh, uh, John from the state that produces the most NFL players per capita. That's probably per capita. I, I think it's Washington because he, you know, whatever. He has questions about Washington. Uh, I'm looking at your rankings of Austin Safarian Jenkins. Jamie and Dave have reasonable Safarian Jenkins rankings. Why is Heath so low on ASJ? I'm unreasonable. And, well, I don't play in any leagues where you get t points for almost touchdowns. And so that really hurts him in the leagues that I play in. But also, on a low-volume passing attack, I just am not that excited. So you have him 32nd. Dave and Jamie have Safarian Jenkins 18th. It I'm unreasonable. What can I say? Dave, Jamie, are you more reasonable about ASJ? I mean, it's one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. So I think just based on comparing him to guys 15 through 32, he's got a shot to be, you know, semi, if not very productive in this offense. He's right. It's a low volume passing offense, but there are a lot of low volume passing offenses that, you know, that don't necessarily have the tight end that could be the best guy on that team. He's probably their best tight end since that one year that Mercedes Lewis caught 10 touchdowns. I don't know why we – like, Mercedes Lewis has been better for most of his career than Austin Safarian Jenkins. Well, I mean – I mean, Mercedes <laughs> Lewis has been playing since 1984. I, I know, but we've we've been hyping fair, Austin Safarian Jenkins since then. Yeah, we're, I don't think we're hyping him that much. We, we don't even have him ranked in our top 15. Among, he's not going to get what, – what are we talking about? He's kind of the Kristen Michaels he's tight not, Yeah, like he's, he's not going to be – Anything more than a final round pick for those people who think that the Giants' secondary is really bad. In three tight end leagues. Oh, that's their week one matchup? Yeah, they play at the G-Man. This question is from John from a city in Ohio. Columbus? Dear Jones, Johnson, Collins, and Evans. And he, that's Adam Jones, David Johnson, Jamie Collins, and Heath Evans. I, I don't know the connection there. Am I crazy? You a moron? Am I? What are the first names of all those guys? Oh, Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am a moron. I am too. Went over my head. Okay, good. Who is your, I was like, gotta Google it. I'm glad I didn't do that. Who is your dark horse team for this upcoming season? For example, the Rams of last year. The Browns. Heath is bullish on the Browns. Or not to be, there's a lot of talent there. They, they're just in a tough division. Also, uh, are they? I'll take okay, are the Bengals any good? Are the Ravens any good? They've got tough defenses. It makes it, it's going to make it a little bit harder for them to just blow the top off them. Well, everybody likes the Chargers to, you know, be a Super Bowl yeah. contender, basically. So that's too trendy. But they should be pretty good. Huh. Okay, who else? Who else? I don't know if you heard me. I said I'll take the Bears. The Bears. Okay, I like that. Yeah, it makes sense. I think the Packers bounce back. <laughs> I do think the Texans actually. I think that's a that's a better bounce back than the Packers. I, can the I think Colts, Houston can make some noise, and this, they're this, they're this, in a tough division too. This is probably the year that the Patriots win the AFC. 
Yeah, I think they probably win the AFCs. Can the Colts win their division? Can the Colts win four games? The Colts can absolutely win their division. Yeah, I mean, if the Colts if, have Andrew Luck. Yeah. What's his name? Their defense is terrible. When has their defense ever been good? They used to have a guy named Robert Mathis and a guy named Dwight Freeney. Well, those guys Andrew were Luck pretty era. good. When has their defense the rest been of the good? division used to Mathis suck. used to play with Luck. <laughs> okay. And? The defense did some good things. I, I think the problem for them is the rest of the division used to be awful. Right. And now they're, I think they're the worst team in the division, even with Andrew Luck. Ooh. Ooh, that's, that's a pretty hot take, even with Andrew Luck. I don't Luck. think that's that hot of a take. Uh, he's the, the best team in the division with Luck? No, the Colts, or the Colts have the worst team in the division, even with Andrew Luck. It's a great division. I, it is. Yeah. I, I mean, this, this could be, uh, you know, nine and seven is the best and seven and nine is the worst. You know who I think is going to win? I don't know if I want to say that. I think I'll say it. Why not? Six six game uh, winner this year, Jacksonville Jaguars. Could happen. Don't the buy them. Was was right for the taking last year. Yeah. Just want to clarify that was Adam and not me. <laughs> yeah, I can see them going backwards. Uh, all right, this is uh, from no name, Dave. Give me a name. Sarolyn. Hi, J- Jared, Sav, Matt, and Jordan. Uh, I don't know. That looks like hockey to me. Uh, in in a week, I'm drafting a startup 12-team standard dynasty league with two running backs and three receivers and a flex. It is standard scoring, but with three wide receivers, how much should I up the value of wide receivers? And who are the best dynasty defenses? This league gives heaps of points for defense. And since he spelled defense with a C, I'm guessing that this is from Canada and that has to be hockey. No, nope, it's not hockey. Those are, I believe, Australians who made it in the NFL. Oh, okay. Savraka was a punter for Philadelphia for a while. And I believe Jared is Jared Bayless and I think he was with the Niners. I'm no, not Jared, sure. Jared Hain. Jared Hain. Jared, yeah, Jared Bayless played for the Bucks. And the Blazers. Yeah. That's a basketball player? Yeah, from Arizona. I don't know why I said. All right, what do you think though? You're in a standard scoring two He's rec- from Australia too. Though. Two running back, three wide, no he's not. Three wide receiver and flex league. How much do you up the value of receivers in that format? I meant like, his heart is from Australia. Oh, okay. Like he went there and he loved it. And then he played in the NBA. I bump up the value of receivers in a dynasty league anyway, because they have such longer peaks than running backs do. So I, I would bump it up, especially in a three wide receiver league, considerably. Best dynasty defenses? Jacksonville's pretty good. Jacksonville is young. young. Yeah. That's, good. that one stands Hungry. out for sure. What about Philadelphia? They're a little older. Rams are very old Ooh, by comparison. How about the Niners? How about the Chargers? Well, how about the Niners? That's a Niners. You, Niners you isn't bad, but I would put the Chargers out of them. Yeah. Okay, Jaguars, Saints Chargers. are young. Saints are young. That's a great one. Yeah. All right, next email, guys. I'd also try to get them to change the rules to where it doesn't give up heaps of points for defense. Yeah, I agree. John from Dave's Favorite Pizza Place. It's a tough call because I like a bunch of pizza places. Oh. We'll go with Aurelio's today. I'm going to Patsy's Wednesday. Overrated. You never. Hey, Baker, Sam, Josh, and Josh. We know them. Rookie quarterbacks. Recently, you guys talked about how deep quarterback is this year compared to years past. Well, I'm in a 12-team PPR super flex league where most teams generally load up on running back and wide receiver early and wait for quarterbacks until the mid-rounds. Since quarterback is so deep this year, should I continue to follow suit with them or grab two studs early? What would your super flex, PPR super flex strategy be? I can't tell you to load up on quarterback early anymore. That used to be my go-to. But especially since it's a super flex league and you don't have to start two, and the PPR matters here. You're going to start two. I don't know. In the PPR league, if I'm loaded at another position. That, that's a great question. If four points versus six point per passing touchdown makes a big difference. Huge difference. Because if it's six, you're playing quarterback no matter what. If it's four, then what Dave was saying is, is probably a little bit more to the, you know, the quarterback comes down a little bit. The ranking comes, the value comes down a little bit. Um, and, and you already know that your league is going to wait on quarterbacks as well. So. I don't understand yeah, I mean, what the advantage is going to be for you to take. I want to get two of the top eighteen. If you uh, if if you pulled off this strategy last year of trying to take too early, you probably failed in some capacity. If you took Rodgers because of his injury or luck, depending on when you drafted, and you were probably pretty pissed off when you watched Alex Smith have the year that he had and um, Carson Wentz have the year that he had. I, I I finished with the best record in 
a Superflex Startup Dynasty League last year because I got Carson Wentz in the eighth round. And he was one of the last, you know, good, because he clearly wasn't great last year, but clearly one of the good ones drafted. And Jared Goff went, I think, maybe a round or two later than him. And so those two guys helped myself and one other owner have very successful seasons. The, uh, the way, the different ways that I draft quarterback when you compare non-PPR six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues to PPR four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, it's just a completely different world. I mean, it's probably like a three-round difference, maybe, in a two- to three-round difference for every quarterback. You know what I mean? Uh, so scoring matters so much when it comes to quarterbacks. From Bryce, where's he from? Newark, New Jersey. Dear Tyson, Bolton, Jackson, and Jordan. Those are Mike's. I'm about to start a dynasty league for the first time in my life, and I have the overall number one pick. If I were to trade away the number one overall pick, what is fair value for it? And if I keep it, who should I take in a dynasty startup? It's so tough to say without knowing all the rules what value would be for it, but I would take a mid-first and a third. Yep. Ooh, I don't a, know. Dynasty, a dynasty startup draft is way different than a rookie-only draft that dynasty leagues have. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Because now you know, you've know you got the entire NFL talent pool at your disposal. So passing up somebody like Gurley or Barkley, it's not such a bad thing when you can still get a really good player in round one and like Heath said, if you could get some sucker to give you an extra third-round pick, you'll get four of the top 36 players. I'd take, I'd take Gurley. You can do the it. Samba. Yeah, but at the same time, the draft that we did at the start of the show, Kareem Hunt, and this was just running backs, not even receivers in there, Kareem Hunt was the sixth pick. So, yeah, if you can move down in the first round and pick up a third-round pick, I do think that makes a lot of sense. I don't think anybody will give it to you, though. So let's just say instead of it being <laughs> instead of a third round pick, it was a sixth round pick. No, you wouldn't do that, Jamie. Would you? If I'm moving from first to say no. seventh for an extra sixth round pick, no. I tend to agree with the fellows. I think it's just not enough. All right, last one. You can see I'm tailoring a lot of this to dynasty talk at this point in the off season. Kevin from Raleigh. Hey, Vito, Michael, Freddie, and uh, Fredo and Sonny. Excuse me. Uh, I have an upcoming dynasty draft, my first true dynasty league, and I am seeing rankings where DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham are drafted uh, at, with the first two picks, and somewhere Gurley, Bell, Zeke, David Johnson aren't picked to the middle of the first round. Uh, what do you guys think about picking wide receivers first in a dynasty startup? It's what I said earlier about bumping receivers up. I think most, I think that's more common. I think if you took a hundred of those, you're going to see a receiver go in the first round and over half of them. I don't dislike it. I would still probably because of his age and the situation take Gurley at one, but I might take a receiver with my next two or three picks. Yeah, that's the strategy. There, I'm there at, are so I'm at many two, three, good four, five backs. in the first round. I might take a receiver. Right. Which is fine. But you, you can't pass up these guys that have the opportunity to consistently deliver, let's call it 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns year after year after year. How many receivers can you say that about? You could have said that about Odell last year. He got hurt. He didn't do it. You could have said that about DeAndre Hopkins two years ago. I don't think we should act like like Odell getting hurt. That's more likely to happen to a running back than receiver. That's fair to say. But now Odell comes back on the field to a team that just drafted a running back. So in theory, they're going to be a little more conservative with the football. They also drafted uh, a hella good tight end. So who's, who's your second? Who's your second pick, Dave? You, I know you like. Barkley I thought it's one. Saquon. Mine's mine's Beckham. I thought Barkley was one for you. No, Gurley is one. Gurley one, Barkley two. If I said Barkley was one last time, I I'm sorry. I'd take Gurley. Oh, we just got a fun email that just just came in. I think we have to read it. Jamie, think we should read it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is from Ken from a U.S. Virgin Island. First of all, Heath is off his rocker. I completely agree with Adam about Julian Edelman this year, lining up for him to have a big PPR year, which leads me to my question. Oh, now I have to answer a question, or can I just stop it at that? Did you? I thought you were going to read the Twitter poll results. Oh, I, I don't even remember. I'm Ken. I'll respond to your email off the air. Uh, what was the Twitter? Wow, poll? Wow, what a great email! 
such a great and fun email, and now we're not even going to read the rest it's of it. It's a keeper we're make, question. We're just going to make Adam look good yeah. for 15 seconds. That was what was great and fun about it, Dave. And now it's <laughs> yeah. time to remind Adam that he posted a poll that he was completely forgetting about. Yeah. True. So I posted, I posted the poll. Oh, you posted it. Picking Julian Edelman at the end of the third round in a PPR draft is A, a good choice, B, fine, C, not great, Bob, or D, <laughs> crazy town banana pants. Yeah. I would have vo- I, I would have voted for B fine. I would have voted for Crazy Town Banana Pants because that's funny. Six <laughs> percent said it was a good choice. Twenty-seven percent said it was fine. Fifty percent said not great, Bob. And seventeen percent said Crazy Town Banana Pants. Uh, two questions. One, what is not great, Bob? Uh, it's from Mad Men. Oh, okay. And two, if there's a little check mark next to a choice, does that mean I voted for it? Yes. Okay, I voted for A, a good choice. That's not surprising. <laughs> yeah, no, but I should have voted for B, fine. Uh, he yeah, didn't but even I, remember what he voted in the poll that he forgot about. They didn't hear my amazing argument. 45 out of 46 wide receivers. No, we heard the were, argument. No, but you the people it, who it voted in the Twitter poll obviously did not hear it, had not heard it at that point. Make Make the point again. I'm sorry to cut you off. Over the last five years, if you look at active wide receivers, not the ones who have retired, there have been 46 wide receivers who have caught 90 passes. 45 out of 46 have finished as a top 17 wide receiver in a PPR league. I took Edelman as the 17th wide receiver. So history is on my side. Well, If he catches 90 passes, which I think he Non-Julian Edelman history is on your side. Julian Edelman is a 90-catch guy. When he's healthy. When he's healthy. You know. Okay. Uh, let's listen to some voicemails, and then we will finish up our Dynasty talk. All right, we got some good ones today, and some of it is about Dynasty. So here we go. Hey, guys. How you doing? My name is Joshua from Total World, New Jersey. Hello, Arrow, Mr. Terrific, Wild Dog, and Spartan. I have a keeper question. I want to start up a keeper league, and I'm torn between either making it a two-quarterback league or a singular just traditional one quarterback league. It's going to be a PPR. And it's also going to be IDP. So I just wonder if you guys could help me with that. Uh, thank you. What do you think? Two quarterback or one quarterback? He's got an IDP PPR league. How casual are the fellow owners in the league? Make it a super flex league. Agreed. Yeah. I, I think if, if everybody else in the league is just not a diehard, they don't, they don't listen to these off-season podcasts that we do. They don't think about fantasy football year-round. I don't know if they'll be into all these bells and whistles that you're putting in. But if they're not like that and they're really into fantasy, like everybody listening right now, you can either do the super flex or go go full 2QB mm-hmm. and rock out. And the super flex difference is 2QB, you have to start two quarterbacks. Super flex is one quarterback and then a flex, which can be a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. But make it four points for passing touchdowns. Yeah. Right. All right, next voicemail, 954-689-3199. Hey, fellas, it's Josh from Fresno, California. I have my first Dynasty League draft coming up here, a Dynasty startup league, 12 teams, and I need to know which guys I should target that are nearing the end of their first contract that we could potentially be excited about for next year and the years to follow. Thank you so much. Love the show. And talk to you guys soon. Bye. So he's looking specifically for guys finishing their first contract, not just guys who are going to be in a contract. He he did say that. I told you, I gave you guys a heads up about this question because I thought it was really interesting and probably required a little research. I don't think it really matters if it's finishing a rookie contract or just finishing any contract, but somebody who's going to change teams and maybe be in a better position in 2019, a la Jarek McKinnon in 2018. What do you got? Well, I, I can't tell you that these guys are going to change teams. I'll give you the guys that are finishing up their first year, first contract, rather. David Johnson, Jay Ajayi, Tevin Coleman, and I believe Duke Johnson is one of those guys as well. Yep. Those so are the is, running backs. So is Mark Ingram, most likely. Is that his first contract? It's his second contract. Okay. Right. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is perpetually on the franchise tag. C.J. Anderson's been in the league for a long time. And if you like dirt, LeGarrette Blunt and Marshawn Lynch because they're old. Ooh. Receiver, Odell Beckham is finishing his first contract. Brandon Cooks, 
Stefan Diggs. Well, Dave, to, to speed it up, sorry. Um, then I'm done. No, it's not just. I'm bad, not going to read it. I've job, got a bunch Dave. of other names. Who who do you think could could get into a much better situation? Ajayi is probably gone from the Eagles. I think Coleman will be gone from the Falcons. Yes. Yeah, uh, Ingram is gone from the Saints. They're not going to bring him back. Uh, one quarterback that's probably going to be gone, which is going to be of interest, is Nick Foles. So you want to keep an eye on him. Tyrod Taylor, we'll see where he ends up because he's not going to be there. Um, I think from the receiver standpoint, the older ones, aside from Brandon Cooks, because he's, well, they, they may work out an extension with him, but, uh, Martavis Bryant is probably going to be on the market. Stephon Diggs, the, there's word that the Vikings may get a long-term deal with him. Um, one of Heath's favorite players, as we talked about last show, Richard Matthews, uh, if they decide to move on from him. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if the Bills, after making the trade to get Kelvin Benjamin, if they decide to keep him. And then... I got two more receivers who are restricted free agents. The um, the tight ends that'll be of interest, uh, Tyler Eifert will be one. It'd be a surprise if the Bengals bring him back after investing in Tyler Croft. And... Uh, they Jared did Co- already. They invested in him already this season. That's they, what I'm saying. They resigned him. Kevin White. <laughs> really? No. Uh, Josh Gordon, Robbie Anderson are both restricted free agents after this season. Mm-hmm. Okay. They could both be on the move. Kevin Coleman's pretty interesting. I would love to see him get a lot of work somewhere else. That's the one that really stood out to me. Where could he go? Eh, you never know. I won't even speculate now, but, but it would be nice to see him – Stop sharing a backfield and get some feature work. And right. I, I don't think anybody prior to last season said, oh, Jack McKinnon is the starter for the 49ers. Right, exactly. All right, a couple more. You know, my man, Adam, I just wanted so, to ask about LeGarrette Blunt and what LeGarrette Blunt meant for carry on Johnson's fantasy value because I feel like goal line carries would be kind of complicated. And then I also wanted to ask about Nick Chubb and Carlos Hyde and if one was able to get – both of them in a draft when they should look for that, and would that even be valuable? I'll take this one. Dave, Jamie, and Heath, what do you guys think? Nick Chubb and Carlos Hyde, drafting them both. When would you do it, and is it valuable? You'll take this one, but then you ask them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> LOL. What do you think? Would you would you take both Cleveland guys? I'm not really wanting to do that, personally. I might prefer to take neither Cleveland guy. Uh, why not, Heath? I mean, if you're so bullish on the Browns, don't you want a running back from that team? I, not really, but <laughs> I think that it's very good for the Browns to have all three of those running backs. But I don't expect that Chubb and Hyde are both going to fall to a point where I can get them both. Like, I don't think I'd want to take them before the sixth or seventh round. They'll probably be there. If they're both, like, maybe if I could take one in the seventh, one in the eighth. I, I but think, what are you doing to yourself? You know, look, if you're looking for who's going to be the next Camara, it's the guy who's going to be somewhat buried on the death chart. So if you're looking at these rookies, it's not the guys who are drafted walking into starting situations. It's not Barkley. It's not Geis. It's not Penny. It's not Jones. It's not any of those guys because those guys are almost guaranteed touches. You're looking for the guy who's going to be in a situation where he's probably not going to get the majority of work. Similar to what happened to Camara last year. So Chubb fits that narrative. If you're just talking about storylines, because Hyde's going to get the majority of carries, at least to open the season, and Duke Johnson's going to work on passing downs. So if you want to try and take a shot in the dark at, you know, I mean, there, there are certainly deeper backfields we could look at, like Mark Walton could be that guy, um, Justin Jackson could be that guy. You know, I mean, any any injury in front of them. But I think if you're just looking at it and the investment that the Browns made, that should Carlos Hyde fail or struggle or get hurt, which he happened to do almost every season prior to last year, then that could be the guy because, I mean, you heard he say the, the team that has the biggest, you know, jump or however you phrased it, Adam, you know, which team has the playoff appearance that hasn't been there. If, uh, if Cleveland's offense is as good as we think it could be, somebody's going to get a lot of production in that backfield and it could easily be tough. Well, why don't Chubb I tell you, you guys, to be patient with, right? Why don't I tell you guys where they went in? We did a standard draft or a non PPR draft recently and a PPR draft even more recently. So in the non-PPR draft, Carlos Hyde went at the end of round six, 71st overall, and Nick Chubb went at the toward the end of round eight, so nearly two full rounds later. So late round six, late round eight in a 12-team league. 
in the PPR draft, Hyde went in the ninth round and Chubb went in the tenth round. So that's better. Nobody wants them. But even six and eight seems kind of late. Uh, not late, but appropriate, I guess. I think Chubb, if, as long as you're comfortable playing the waiting game, you don't want to do what Camaro owners did last year, which is draft him, and then after three weeks you go, oh, I'm not getting anything out of this guy, and I need a receiver or something else, so I'm letting him go. You don't want to do that. You have to kind of commit to him for at least six weeks, which seems like a long time. But that's because it is a long that, time. That's why you draft lottery tickets, right? You draft those but, guys. But a with lot the of hope. people draft the lottery tickets and then they forget that they're lottery tickets but, and but they that's, drop them. That's the only reason they're dropping them. The assumption would be is that they're doing it because they have other needs at other positions, and so that's going to dictate how you d- manage your roster, no matter what the case is about any player that you draft, especially when you take them not to be guaranteed starters. So if you're drafting with the hope of this guy is going to get work, and in the case of Kamara, I believe it was the first, the uh, right before their bye week. He had the big game catching the ball against the Dolphins. It was like week four, I believe, because week five was their bye, and then week six is when Peterson was in Arizona. That's not a long commitment to have to make. It's it's the guys that, you know, it's like Kenya Drake. Like there are a lot of people that maybe took a flyer on Kenya Drake, <clears throat> somebody on a podcast, uh, that was hopeful that he was going to be good last year. And then come week nine, the Dolphins traded Jay Ajayi. Nobody saw that coming. So that's a long time to wait for somebody. But this is a guy that's a second-round draft pick. In yeah. the NFL. Early seconds. And he's good. Yeah. He's a good player. He's we a great player. Talent. And so I don't I don't see many people cutting him loose again unless they have to. And yeah. the only reason you would think they have to is either major injuries or they're getting hurt by bye weeks. But but by week six, you should obviously have an idea if he's playing or not. If he's not playing, you're hoping against hope. You want another rookie running back that would do well if the starter in front of him went down? Yeah. It's gonna make you cringe. Okay. John Kelly with the Rams. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm cringing. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. yeah but that's, I mean, that's, that's any guy in, in handcuffs. Situation. You're, you're right. I mean, he certainly has a chance to, but you know, it's it, Kalen Balaj is the same thing. You know, if Kenny Drake goes down, yeah. he's going to have, he's going to have a shot. Yeah, I think you're right. But like, I, I was thinking about the guy behind Saquon Barkley or the guy behind Leonard Fournette. It's not the same thing. Whereas John Kelly, I think was a really good running back at Tennessee. And it's and so, and, and if it's given that situation. type of opportunity that we saw from Gurley, or the the type of touches that Gurley got, I think John Kelly would do great. Yeah, that's a guy I could talk myself into taking with my last pick if I had Ty Gurley yeah, in round he's, one. Yeah, he's he's an absolute lottery ticket. And so the, there's, you know, I mean maybe Bo Scarborough is the same thing. You know, if Ezekiel gets hurt behind that offensive line, I don't, you know, I, I don't disagree. Big, with that. big, you know, physical running back. So it, it's, but I, I think taking injury out of the equation, if it's just somebody who has the chance to assume that next type of superstar role, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to take Chubb in that 7-9 to nine range if you just feel like you can wait it out. Okay, guys. Let's take a look at Heath's dynasty running back rankings. And he's got Gurley 1, and he has Saquon Barkley 5. Ooh, uh, yeah. terrible. I hate him. <laughs> With Eze- Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, and Le'Veon Bell after Gurley. Gurley, Zeke, David Johnson, Bell, and Saquon Barkley. And Bell and Johnson are both 26 years old, but Bell's going into his sixth season, Johnson is fourth season. Both have had injury histories. Both are just really interesting, and Bell, we don't know what team he's going to be on in 2019. Um, so, alright, talk it out with me, Heath. Talk your top five. Gurley, Zeke, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Saquon Barkley. The one I'm really certain about is Gurley at one. And I moved the other four around in various different orders. Elliot's track record and youth obviously put him at number two for me, but I could understand an argument that he could be as low as number five. Um, what it really came down to was there's four running backs that have shown us the elite production in the past, and I'm not willing to take the rookie that hasn't shown us anything in the NFL yet over them. Fellas, reaction? If you knew that Ingram's gone, Drew Brees plays three more years, and Peyton's there, would Kamara move up at all? I don't think, based on Peyton's recent comments, that they're going to give him all of Ingram's workload. But this is PPR, though, so last yeah. year was ridiculous. Now yeah. you're adding a little bit more work, even if right. it's just a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see I could see ranking him ahead of Bell and Johnson if that was the situation. Not Zeke, though. I don't think I would. Okay. So it's Gurley, Zeke, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Saquon Barkley. Go down 6-10 to 10 here. Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, and Leonard Fournette. Kamara McCaffrey, the catch specialists. Uh, 
Uh, I shouldn't say specialist. That implies I don't do other things well. Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, and Leonard Fournette. Talk. I feel like this is not out of line at all. I like, don't. I don't think I've got a problem with any of this. I, I think it's pretty standard. Like this, these are the twelve guys we picked in the first twelve picks. You could argue one or two spots either direction. I think with them, but it, and maybe you could argue somebody else at number twelve behind Mixon. I think the top eleven though are pretty set. Uh, are yeah. you worried about running backs like Kamara and McCaffrey, who they don't look like they're the type that can take the physical wear and tear? They aren't being on. put in the position to take that physical wear and tear. Like teams are well, putting them in space. Not yet. This right. Be a big but does that limit their upside? I mean, it. I it didn't with Kamara last year. No. And you could argue the same thing with McCaffrey. But I almost feel like what McCaffrey did last year is kind of like the ceiling for potentially both guys every year. Kamara, that could be his ceiling, just based on what his you know averages what? were. I don't think that could be the ceiling for McCaffrey because he was really bad as a runner. I anticipate him being better as a runner. Yeah, I, I think touchdowns really is what we're talking about, right? Like, are they going to get enough one, two, three yard touchdowns? Because that's important for running backs. And let me just looking at. Uh, Camara last year, he had a two-yard touchdown run, a five, a six, a seven, but that's it. Only one from inside five yards. That's pretty low. And what did he have, seven or eight rushing touchdowns last year? So, you know, you're relying on someone to have big plays and score right. on them. That's that's not the best thing. I will say if Dalvin Cook was completely and totally healthy right now, he would be number six. Overhunt. Over Hunt, over McCaffrey, over over Kamara. He'd be number two for me. Take wow. that, take that. That's that's the nuttiest take of all. Why I love you, nut. You know, you all know from day one before they even got drafted, I was all about Dalvin Cook. Everybody. Oh sure, that. and I was too. I, I loved his game Dalvin at Cook. Florida State. I don't see but. why he couldn't have been the number one rookie running back last year if he didn't get hurt. He's a man. Well, he wouldn't have been if he just take his what his first four games were. But he was getting better and better. I think I, I don't. Know. You don't think so? Well, I, it, just his it, four it, games. It's it's also whatever impact he would have had. Latavius Murray wasn't healthy at the time. All right, fine, but we saw what he could do. Yeah, no, he's he's great. I just think that's a little bit optimistic. But again, you you know if you were drafting him and it's your team, take him. Or better yet, trade down and then take him because nobody else is taking him at two. Sure. Maybe I'd take him three behind Zeke. Um, alright, what else we got? So after the top 10, Heath, we have, uh, let me just read it again. Gurley, Zeke, David Johnson, Le'Veon, Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, Hunt, Cook, Fournette, that's 10. Melvin Gordon, 11, Joe Mixon, 12. And that was the top 12 that we drafted in, in a different order, but that was it. With Gordon, 11, Mixon, 12. Then, Devontae Freeman, Jordan Howard, Derek Henry, Marshawn Lynch. No, just kidding. Jarek no, McKinnon. You're reading the wrong list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Devontae Freeman, Jordan Howard, Derek Henry. That's up to 15, so we'll stop there. So 11 through 15 is Gordon, Mixon, Freeman, Howard, and Henry. Talk to me about Devontae Freeman and what the future holds for him. Well, I think it's really interesting because we talked a lot about what does Tevin Coleman look like if he gets to go to a team where he gets a bunch more, a lot more touches, what does Devontae Freeman look like if Tevin Coleman's not there? They, they would have, have another running back. Well, they would have another running back. They give him the same work they give Coleman. Probably. I mean, the thing that scares me about Freeman is his catches have just been terrible the last two seasons. That's not even what scares me about him. I, I I'm nervous about his health. The fact that he was concussed twice last year and that when he came back, they were limiting his carries. You know, he's more. Well, they were limiting his carries before he got hurt. I don't think so. I don't think it was quite as. His bad carries as actually went up after the concussions because that's when Tevin Coleman started to get hurt. They didn't have a choice at that point. Yeah. But I his, don't know his, if his Freeman, touches, Adam harped on this all season last year. His touches were terrible early. In the season. How many more years would you give Devontae Freeman being a quality fantasy starter? So not even quite as good as he was last year. Even a little worse than that. Three to five. I'd lean more toward three. I'd say more yeah. like two to three. So I I don't agree with where you have him ranked. I I take a bunch of rookies. Out. I don't I don't see too many like we have to look at different windows. I think for different positions, I'm fine with looking five years out for a wide receiver. 
I don't know that I like looking much past three years for a running back. Except in the case of somebody like Saquon Barkley. Or any of these, you know, now they're second year running backs. Right. You would, you would like to think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So it was again, 11 through 15 was Gordon, Mixon, Freeman, Howard, Hen- Derek Henry. This is PPR. Uh, Jarek McKinnon. Then we get some run, uh, some rookie running backs here. Darius Geis is 17. Rashad Penny is 18. Mark Ingram, Kenyon Drake. That's 20, right? Yeah. So it's McKinnon. Geis, Penny, Ingram, Drake, 15 through 16 through 20. I think this is the point where everybody else probably thinks that Michelle and Freeman should be up there or Ronald Jones. Yeah, that's who's missing for me. I just don't know that Ronald Jones is that special. I'm surprised Ingram you have him where he has, just where you have him, just given the fact of his age and switching teams most likely. He he could be switching teams. He's switching teams. Um, <laughs> There's no doubt about he's switching teams. I, I expect he's going to be awesome this year, so if he does switch teams, I don't think he's going to go somewhere and be a backup. He is suspended. the exact opposite. For four games. Right. Yeah. I think that's going to throw a wrench into the whole thing. So you think he's going to be worse after the suspension? I think. Because he was hurt? I, because he was suspended? No, I, I think he's not going to be nearly as consistent or as productive. Well, I don't think he will the first four weeks, but after that I think he'll be fine. Well, no. I'm talking, what, the first four weeks after his suspension? It's. Just, I think it's going to be a lost year for him, and he's going to have to settle for some sort of prove it deal next year. It's Mark Ingram we're talking about, but yeah. So you have like you have Ingram one spot ahead ahead of Kenyon Drake, and wouldn't you would you not take Drake ahead of Ingram in a redraft league with the suspension? I would. You would not. I would. Oh, you would. So why wouldn't you take Drake ahead of Ingram in a dynasty league? I think Ingram's a lot better running back. I don't have to take Ingram ahead of a Drake in, in a redraft league. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, isn't the future like I, brighter I, for Kenyon Drake? What's that? Isn't the future brighter for Kenyon Drake? I am very interested to see what Kenyon Drake does this year and whether he holds on to the job yep. in Miami. He has not proven to me that he is a an accept, a really good running back. I think it's Where do you have Alex Collins? You have Alex Collins 32nd. I was, was going to bring it up. Drake 20th. I, I, it's same thing with Alex Collins. Like, mm. he... He looked really good when the Ravens gave him the work last year, but even they, after the season, didn't seem completely sold on the fact that he was a workhorse running back. They, they're calling him their starter. I, would you be that surprised if I told you four weeks into this season, Alex Collins was benched for fumbles? No, 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 no not but I'd all. also wouldn't be surprised if by next year Alex Collins is in a better situation than Mark Ingram or LaShawn McCoy or two guys you have ranked higher yeah. than Carlos Hyde, too. And I, I understand where you're coming from because you're, you've only seen it from Alex Collins, not even for a full season. Right. And so you're, you're, you're slow to trust it, and I get that. But when you're looking at some of these other running backs that might not be good this year or ever again. Well, I think LaShawn McCoy I, I think is the, throw the, the hardest guy to rank in Dynasty because I still think he's going to be a borderline number one running back this year. I don't know what's after that. But there's a lot of value in having a number one running back this year. And it's not like you ranked him high to begin with. He's twenty four. No, but I mean, if you're looking at it as a startup dynasty league, are you just looking? I mean, same with the guy you have ranked right in front of him is a guy. You know, who's got this is this is going to be year five, so this is when right. the degenerative knee could start to be a problem for him. So you have one guy that could unfortunately suffer some sort of injury just based on what the pre-draft reports were, and then you have a guy who's thirty, who's over two thousand carries, twenty five hundred total touches. You know. Just all the breakdown stuff that you could potentially I feel like, want to avoid. And this, again, gets into a little bit of my strategy, especially with running backs. I think I have a lot better chance of trying to win this year in a dynasty league than I do trying to win three years from now. You know what this all tells me, too? Well, once you try to do both, though? I mean, that's my approach. You'd like to do both. I'm, I'm trying to win now, but also keep an eye on the future. So I'd like to take guys, like, if I'm going to skew, I'm going to skew younger. So, like, if it's... Well, right, that's why McCoy's 12 spots lower than he yeah, is. Yeah, but Richard. you also have him ranked ahead of one, two, three rookies who could be starters for their teams this year as well as three years from now. They could be. I would argue that that number's four, not three. They could all be starters that are number three running backs in fantasy, though. How much is that helping you win in a dynasty league? Also, this just tells me that getting a running back in the first round of a startup dynasty makes a lot of sense because all this uncertainty that's going to happen when you get to the Jay Ajayi, Sean McCoy, Ronald Jones, although I, I disagree. I think Jones is higher than those guys. 
that uncertainty is when you want to take receivers and other positions. I would go the complete opposite direction of what you just said because all these guys are still sitting here after taking somebody like a uh, Hopkins or Green or you know whichever receiver you you so desire in the first round, and then even taking uh, Devonte Adams, Keenan Allen in the second round because you could just start to load up on these guys again. If this is the way it's going to fall, then it's all about preference. You know, if you think you can get these guys, Jones, Chubb. Johnson, Jamal Williams, who's a second-year guy, Alice Collins, who's you know second-year starter, first-year starter, however you want to cut it, you could just start stockpiling these guys, and then you just take flyers on these rookie receivers that are going to be there. It's a much better way to do it than forcing yourself to take a first-round running back because you're afraid of this group. That's that's the same thing in the seasonal league. Well, this I think this little conversation has got into why I like Dynasty so much because it's even more strategy and even more thinking about different ways to build a team. Yeah, There's only so many ways in a redraft really league true. you can go about things. It's it's 3D when you're talking about Dynasty. Yeah, it's very cool. All right, so when will the uh, viewers, listeners, viewers of the this, website, listeners of the podcast, be able to see this list? This week. Okay, great. Check it out, and we'll talk about Dynasty wide receivers on Thursday's show. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great day. We'll talk to you Thursday. Bye. Na 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 na. Nah.